Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Dom Giordano on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We rarely kick off at noon with a guest, except if it's exceptionally timely and something important and local. Representative Brian Fitzpatrick is a unique guy to be on top of this debate It's about a uh, Section 272 of the ability of our spy organizations to protect us, but who monitors their level of protection? Does it uh, violate American privacy rights? One little factoid here I'm looking at. uh, The FBI improperly searched for information in a U.S. database of foreign intelligence more than 278,000 times in 2020 and early 2021, say people on the other side. Now, this expires December 31st, so there's a lot of pressure here. It is a line of defense, is the argument on one side. On the other, who watches the watchers? Let's go to Congressman Brian Fitzpatrick here on Talk Radio 1210. Congressman, uh, welcome in, and you're a uh, unique guy on this, given the background. What's the most persuasive argument about controlling this better? Yeah, good afternoon, Dom. Good to uh, good to be on with you. Um, it's important to note because a lot of people, um, including many of my colleagues, are conflating FISA, traditional FISA, which is Title One, which uh, compared to Section Seven Hundred Two, which is that is what is up for expiration come December 31st. So traditional FISA was passed back in the 70s. It created the FISC, the the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court. Um, That's where most of these abuses occurred. So, for example, crossfire hurricane, mid-year exam, two um, FISA-related matters um, involving um, uh, former President Trump, uh, uh, former Secretary of State Clinton, um, that is not up for renewal, but that's where the abuses are taking. So what we are doing is we're taking the renewal, uh, the expiring provisions, Section 702, and it's important uh, you and your listeners understand this, Dom. Section 702 is a very, very limited program that applies only to foreign nationals who are outside of the United States, and both have to apply. So if you're an Iraqi citizen in New York, we can't use it. If you're a, a Pennsylvania resident in Paris, we can't use it. You have to be both a foreign national on foreign soil utilizing our home networks here, Google, Gmail, Facebook, what have you, and that allows us to collect that information. So what we're doing is we're taking the expiring provision, Section 702, we're marrying a reform bill to FISA, traditional FISA, uh, Title I, which is not expiring, and attaching that to a reauthorization of 702. So we're using the reauthorization of 702 to actually fix the problem, which is not expiring, which is Title One. Well, uh, the arguments of the various uh, civil libertarian groups, and look, I'm not, the, the ACLU is well-intentioned, but often wrong, is that this is being used, though, to go after Americans in other ways. Is that not true? In other words, I heard what you said, how limited it is, per se, but they're going after them for other alleged crimes. Yeah, so traditional FISA, Title I, absolutely has the ability for abuse, and we saw that abuse with uh, Operation Crossfire Hurricane, um, where there was an affidavit, the the now notorious Steele dossier, which was a product of opposition research from the Hillary Clinton campaign that was utilized by the Department of Justice to get a FISA warrant, a wiretap warrant, 
Um, that, that's, that was an incredible abuse. It can never be allowed to happen again. But the irony here, Dom, is that 702 is not the problem. Traditional FISA is, but we're using the, the expiring provision, 702, reauthorizing that, but coupled with the reauthorization is a massive reform package that permanently changes the FISC, the court system, permanently changes uh, the authorization. It, it changes the number of agents who are authorized to even conduct these searches. So ironically, by reauthorizing 702 in this manner, we'll be able to permanently make these reforms to, to Title I, which would prevent a crossfire hurricane from ever happening again. So that's what – and we've been working, by the way, with everyone from Jim Himes to Jim Jordan and everyone in between, uh, both the House Intelligence Committee, which I sit on, uh, along with the Judiciary Committee, which uh, Jim Jordan chairs, and we're working together on this to make sure that everybody has a seat at the table and everybody's voices are heard. You're aware. I'm glad you came on, though, because, uh, you know, this is a little bit of inside stuff and I don't understand. uh, But that's Washington, that we have this pressure with a deadline coming up. This should have been hashed out before. But just within the last week, we see in the January 6th investigation, apparently this demand or this uh, cross checking of everybody that tweeted anything about it, whether they were in Washington that day or not. Uh, what, what's your sense, seeing it from the inside, about the overall January 6th investigations, punishment, et cetera? How, how do you see that uh, playing out? Well, that, that has nothing to do with FISA, so let's be clear no, on that. No, I mean, but these I, you are, know what I mean? Are, in a broader sense of why people get worried about this stuff, I mean, you're aware of this with listeners, and I'm glad you're separating these two. People are hungry to stop some of the excesses here, and, and that's why this gets such scrutiny, and that's why I'm asking about January 6th. Yeah, and that's, that, and that's why uh, Congress has an oversight role over our national security apparatus, the FBI, the Department of Justice, the intelligence community, and that's why we're trying to make these reforms. We're actually going to extend a lot of these reforms, by the way, Dom, to uh, um, domestic investigations because – one of, the, one of the concerns that people have, and I say this also with relation to voter ID, Dom, when I'm arguing in favor of it to my colleagues on the left, even if they don't believe it's going to stop fraud, if it, it, if it restores people's faith and confidence in the system, that in and of itself is a reason to support it because we have to have that. Same applies to uh, the FBI, the Department of Justice, with domestic investigations. People have to have the faith and confidence that these are independent, nonpartisan, nonpolitical entities. One of the things that I have proposed, Dom, um, and I'm a former FBI agent myself, as you know, when you're getting onboarded into these federal law enforcement agencies, you go through a rigorous background investigation, including polygraph exams. When you get polygraphed, you're asked about financial uh, 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 vulnerabilities that might make you susceptible to bribery. They look at foreign contacts to see if you're susceptible mm-hmm. to, to being used as an asset for a foreign country. They look at a history of drug abuse. They look at gambling activity. The one thing they don't look at, Dom, is, is any evidence of political bias. And I think they ought to include that Absolutely. In, their, in, their onboard, in their onboarding process and in their polygraph, right? I think that's one way to solve the problem because what we're seeing going on with these, these pro-Hamas rallies across America, Dom, largely due to the, the propaganda-filled TikTok app uh, that's, that's, that's being run by the CCP and already it is being sucked back to the CCP, this is our next generation – of FBI agents, of journalists, of, of talk radio hosts, of members of Congress. Now, wait and, a minute. I, I resent that remark with the talk radio hosts. Well, Sorry, I, you have to strike that for the record. But here, but here I, hear, I, so I, I think yeah. if we – I think it, one of the ways we can, we can restore the, the, mm-hmm. the public's trust in all of these institutions, which are critical to our, our democracy, every last one of them, is we need to start vetting people. We never thought – we never needed to do this in the past because our country was never – uh, so partisan as it is now. Um, but we have to start doing that because if people are going into any of these positions of public trust with a covert or overt hidden agenda and political bias where they're going to use that position, use that office, use the DOJ, what have you, to advance a political agenda, we need to stop those people from getting in the agency from day one. But that would be a great reform. Now, fresh out of the news, I didn't see the full vote. Did you vote to expel Santos? I did, sir, yes. Now, you know, in the past, you've, um, I, I would have voted to expel him, too. But 
The argument is, shouldn't we let the voters take care of this? What makes his case? Because it's rare, right, to expel a sitting congressman who hasn't been convicted. What makes it rise to that level? Yeah, well, this was a unique situation because this. So he had due process through the ethics committee. So there's due process in the criminal realm, which is entirely separate from due process here within the internal rules and regulations of how members of Congress can conduct themselves. So the ethics committee is the only committee in Congress that is equally balanced between Democrats and Republicans. So for anything to move out of the ethics committee, there has to be bipartisan support. Not only was there bipartisan support here, there was unanimity, uh, which virtually never happens, um, precisely because his conduct, uh, Mr. Sanders' conduct was so egregious. So I am of the belief, Tom, that we have to set a higher bar for uh, people that hold positions of public trust, just like I just advocated for in our law enforcement agencies. The public has to have faith and confidence in the people that are here that are that are going to be, uh, you know, not conducting themselves in a matter that's unbecoming of their office. I, we don't need to get into all the details of what Mr. Santos did, but I can assure you they were very egregious. I can also assure you that he was afforded full due process. He elected, by the way, not to participate in the mm-hmm. ethics committee investigation. So he 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 squandered his opportunity to ever tell you know his side of the story to, to the extent he has one. Um, and I just I just feel Don that to not remove him, given the 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 egregiousness of they're not allegations anymore. These are factual findings by the ethics committee. Uh, would really reflect poorly on our institution, and I think we need to, we need to send the message to to all people in positions of public trust, no matter what you're doing, that you have to you have to meet that high bar in terms of ethical conduct. Parting question: uh, When you get on the campaign trail and you're sort of in your role constantly, anyhow, in Bucks County, is inflation the issue that people are coming up and talking about? And what, you know, what do you perceive as the argument you'll face uh, from the Democrat opponent if you're the uh, nominee again. Well, uh, yes, I mean, inflation is certainly an overarching issue. Um, a lot of the social issues uh, have come, have, have risen to the top as well, Dom. Um, I don't know if you saw what happened. Uh, obviously, you didn't see what happened. I should say that. You follow this stuff for a living. But you saw what happened in Bucks County, in Pennsylvania, in, in, in Ohio, um, yeah. in Virginia. You know, we, we really need to make sure at all times that we are representing the entirety of our district and not just a single segment of our district. And that's one of the things that I've always spoken out against um, in every election, no matter if I'm running uh, uh, on, against someone in the primary or someone in the general election. My criticism, by and large, of both of those uh, sides is that they don't speak to the broader electorate. And the public is crying out for lawmakers, I believe, that take a, a much more open-minded approach to legislating, that they understand that the Democrat process only works when elected officials aren't representing their own personal opinion. Well, but wait a minute, uh, Congressman, are you talking about abortion and how that played out in 2023? Sure, I'm talking about a lot of those things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and, the, and the, the issues in the school districts, um, you know, played a heavy role. You know, so while inflation is a huge area of concern, and there's no question about it, um, that is being, in some cases, um, uh, overcome by some of these other issues for some voters. I want to emphasize that, you know, everybody goes to the voting booth that are motivated by different issues. Is inflation a concern? 100 percent, as it should be. Uh, Anybody that, you know, is going to the grocery store on Mm -hmm. on a weekly basis, going to the gas station on a weekly basis, trying to, you know, finance a house or or buy Mm -hmm. a car. This is a very real thing. Um, But, Don, we have to be uh, representatives. We have to be a party that speaks to the broader electorate. And my concern with um, with the approach that many are following, both on the left and the right, is we're becoming so extreme in our politics that, that two-thirds of America doesn't feel like they have a voice. Well, as far as the school board, I am a big fan of Dana Hunter and the Central Bucks School Board. I, I don't think they were excessive at all. On the abortion issue, though, which will come up in your uh, primary battle, I think Republicans have uh, real difficulty here. And, and I'm wondering what you're saying about it. Yeah, I mean, I just am against – I said this on the debate stage in 2022 when I was facing my Democrat opponent. I, I, I don't believe in complete bans, and I don't be, believe in zero restrictions. And that's where these fringe candidates on the left and the right are coming at it. And, and both of them are wrong. Both of them are speaking to a fringe element on one side or the other. 
The overwhelming majority of people, Dom, do not want that. They want reasonable rules and regulations that apply to this and apply to everything in their lives. They just yeah, don't but let, want, me, let me ask, you know, though, because you're actually a practitioner sure. of this and you have thought about it. So in Bucks County, which you represent, is there a number? Is that what you're talking about? 15 weeks, something like that, where you think there ought to be restrictions? No, no. I, I think that on the federal side, I mean, ultimately, Don, what I believe that should happen, and we've seen this work successfully in many of these states, is you eliminate the extreme options on the federal side, right? So you, you, you prevent any, you know, conservative state from enacting complete bans. You, you, you prevent, you know, any of these, you know, left-leaning states from having zero restrictions at all at any point, even in, in terms of, the, you know, the eight-month and 29-day situation. And for where we fall in the center of the continuum, put that question on the ballot directly to the voters so that they can decide for themselves. That's what democracy is about. And it's happened in several states. The results have surprised some. It certainly didn't surprise me, but it surprised some because on this issue, Dom, just like every other issue, they want, people, they want us to, to, to manage government the same way they manage their personal households, the same way they approach their personal relationships that you don't allow the perfect to be the enemy of the good. Uh, you come to the center, you build consensus, and you move forward. That's, not only is that what America wants, that's what our democracy needs. Because this rapid pendulum shift, far left, far right, Hatfield versus McCoy, saber-rattling brand of politics is, is a threat to our country. Um, our Constitution, Dom, our, our founding document in and of itself was a product of compromise. The big states came in. They wanted representation based on population. The small states wanted equal states' rights. They said, we're going to do both. We're going to have a House that's based on population, a Senate that's based on states' rights. It was the first of a dozen or so compromises that made up the very founding document that has survived 247 years. That's what we have to get back to. All right. Well, Congressman, thank you uh, to be continued. And do you think this will be ironed out before December 31st? I mean, we... Uh, the, the protection part of it certainly has to be in position by that. I do. I think so. We've, we've uh, met with Speaker Johnson several times. He's my classmate, by the way. He and I came in the same year together. Um, and he's, to his credit, very open minded. He's, he's heard from the members uh, on, the, on the House Intelligence Committee, which I sit. And that's a committee that's comprised of people that work in the intelligence community that have firsthand uh, experience and knowledge of this. And to his credit, he's maintained an open mind. He will not let it expire. And he's, he's you know, obviously happy and pleased to see with the reforms uh, that we've enacted. And, and we brought everybody in. We've brought members across the, the political spectrum, uh, both on the Intelligence Committee and the House Judiciary Committee, uh, including Jim Himes and Jim Jordan, like I said, and everybody in between. We're taking everyone's input. And we can accomplish both goals. We can fix FISA. We can fix all the abuses that occur to make sure they never happen again but at the same time maintain this critical national security tool. Congressman, have a great Christmas if we don't talk, and thank you for popping on today. Have a great weekend, Dom. Thanks. Hi, Congressman Brian Fitzpatrick. Dan, I think we see a preview of the primary there, et cetera, and uh, with Mark Halk and then the uh, Democrat on this. I was going to talk inflation. You went to these other. I don't th- see the school board as excessive at all, as everybody knows. All right, so 855-839-1210, give me your reaction to that. This is important stuff. And uh, he wrote an op-ed on this, we saw it, trying to differentiate this one part of FISA, what we just talked about, from some of the other things. And you heard him say, to his credit, that FBI agents and the like should be asked about their political background to see if there's uh, any type of uh, bias being brought to the FBI. I don't know that it'll be done. But that's interesting. All right, let me give you the side question, too. 855-839-1210. San Francisco. Oh. It's hard to believe that we're having this sort of uh, rivalry with a team that just doesn't usually inspire that. You know, there's a couple guys mouthing off on San Francisco. They have a good team. And I think, Dan, some of it's the national pundits still don't believe in the Eagles. Uh, Ray Dininger may be here later. Angel, I know, will be on a Monday, and we'll be talking about, you know, why don't they believe in it? Uh, I believe in it, but uh, it defies probabilities and statistics. You can't explain the Eagles that way. So we're asking today, something you identify with or associate with San Francisco. 
I'm going to say Pelosi and poop. Ah. And I think that uh, Ron DeSantis last night holding up the poop map, I would have made more about it. Look at this. Poop patrol. Are you saying this isn't, uh, I mean, what city puts this up? Now, Dan, I'm not going to San Francisco anytime soon, but my God. No? The whole thing was brown. There weren't spots in there you could be walking around. Could it be that bad? Like, when he first put it up, I actually thought it was like a, 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 you know, actual feces. Yes. I slimed onto the ground. I didn't realize it was an actual map, and it was covered. The entire city was covered of San Francisco. It's disgusting. Yeah, we have to come up with a Philadelphia map. How many, uh, there's a murder on this corner. You may not want to stay away. You know, that kind of thing. We don't have a poo problem, do we? Uh, not like San Francisco. No. no, not to that. I mean, I've seen some of it, but no, not on that level. No, it, it's a homeless. It's it's just out of control. So what's yours? What do you associate with it? Uh, Danny Tanner and his family of Full House. All right. Yeah, yep, you know that intro, it yep. shows all of San Francisco. It's very, very centric to San Francisco. And anytime I see the city, that's the first thing I think of is Full House. I'll take the uh, Golden Gate Bridge off, too. Just, you know, you're not going to oh, yeah. need something a little bit more entertaining, interesting. All right, that's the side question. Give me your reaction to Brian Fitzpatrick on a couple of those uh, issues. 855-839-1210. You get a line. At 1230, we're going to talk with this new council person, Phillips, who got the ski mask ban passed. Does it tell us that city council's actually taking crime seriously? All right, 855-839-1210. 1210. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. So, Dan, uh, part of our honeymoon, not my choice, but Rose, we went to Hawaii. And then on the swing back back, we did stay in San Francisco. I think it was a couple of days. Oh, you've been there? Yeah, and the weather bothers me. Yeah, I mean, it's I'm in California. Wait, what? No, the weather. a better weather. Oh, it was bad. Well, it's just... It's not great weather. I've been there several times. It's always like you need a light jacket on, it seems like. You know? It's Northern California. It has like the rain and the yeah, fog. Yeah, it does. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just want, it's not L.A. I just want warmth and heat, if possible, when you're paying all. It's a pretty trash yeah. city all around, isn't it? I wasn't. We broadcast <laughs> from the then oldest Italian-American restaurant right in Nancy Pelosi's district. And I interviewed people on the street, and they loved Pelosi. Now, it's San Francisco. It gives you an idea, right? Oy. Yeah, I know. It's oh. hard to believe. All right, so that is the side this question. This is not the truth. That, that's the side question today. And uh, you heard Brian Fitzpatrick uh, on this uh, FISA thing uh, coming up. And at least he recognizes that people are incredibly suspect of this, of all this stuff, because of what's going on with the FBI, Department of Justice. Look, Department of Justice, that's a function of the administration. But the FBI... This is as partisan as it gets in so many levels here. All right, let's go to Bill in Quakertown. He's on Talk Radio 1210. Hey, Bill, good afternoon. Good afternoon, gentlemen. How are you? Good. Hey, so my point uh, to to Brian's uh, point, uh, you know, Congressman uh, Fitzpatrick's point, 
about we should ask uh, FBI agents their political affiliation to get an idea, you know, for, mm-hmm. you know whether they're bringing um, that with them to work. I think is way wrong, is, is totally off the mark. A better question to ask FBI agents or a better assessment to make is, can FBI agents come to work and do their job objectively without, you know, but with divorcing themselves of their political beliefs and their political affiliations? Because they have to do their job, I believe, and politically. Well, but just, how are you going to determine that? Of course, they're going to say yes. If you ask them, just ask them that, they're going to say, of course I will. I mean, don't we have to get to the bottom of it and vet out those that are going to be overly partisan? We do, and I think maybe the way to answer your question, which is a great point, and as I as I you know as I was thinking about this, like, well, how do you do that? Um, and I think it, it, maybe you can't initially, but you can ask the question and go, "Hey, what you know? Can you come to work and not bring your political beliefs with you?" And they'll answer the question, however they answer the question, and then their actions will. I know, um, but, but his point is, and I think it's a good one, we're trying to screen this out, headed off at the pass, because I'm sure uh, Strzok and people like that, I'm sure they didn't broadcast how biased they were, particularly against Trump uh, initially, but we see how out of control it is. Right, and yep, it is totally out of control, but I think at some point we got to move away from figuring out whether you're, what your, your political beliefs are and get to can you really do the job? And then now here's a word that people don't so much like anymore, and that's accountability. Okay, we're going to use, you answered these questions this way, and now we're going to hold you accountable to that answer because your actions do not align with your words. All right, I got you. But look, what he's getting at is we're trying to ferret out as much as we can initially any kind of internal group, particularly at the FBI, that's going to engage in what we've seen. I mean, one of the things that still bothers me the most is the Richmond office of the FBI surveilling and going after Catholics who just wanted to go to a traditional Latin mass. Oh, man, you don't want that. Those are the real deal. God knows what they're cooking up there. Still, they haven't been brought in to answer on that, to get to the bottom of it. Just as one example. All right, 855-839-1210, you'll get a line. Uh, got a lot to say, and, and we want to hear from you, too, if you actually watched. If you didn't watch, why? The debate last night. All right, is it you have in your mind? I don't care about anything else. Now, it was a great, it's not about DeSantis. And, oh, man, that gives DeSantis an edge, even though I think he did rather well. It's the debate, more of these debates. You know how hard it is to get two figures like that? particularly Newsom, to debate, particularly in a conservative venue. And Hannity, even though he was flummoxed, and with the uh, intro and outro and all that, did good a a job, though, of exactly how to moderate that, which is, so they talk, you know what, Dan, I'm, I'm tired of this. They talk over each other a little bit. You know what, stop it already with that. It's going to happen. It gets heated. They don't, they're not in little box. That's one minute, Mr. Borowski. Shut up. Like, like we can decipher. We're smart enough to yes, know, know whose voice is who. already yeah. with this, this idea. The, 100% the, with you. The problem in the debates are these pesky people hitting buttons and saying one minute's up. And too many of these people that don't belong in debates. What the Republicans ought to have at this point is DeSantis and Nikki Haley debating. All right? Now, some well, why do we even need debates? Well, then don't watch if you don't want them, all right? Have them debating a couple more times as a backup in case somehow or another Trump is waylaid by all the legal things that are going on. That's what I think people need to see. We don't need to see Vivek anymore or Christie anymore or whoever these others that are left in there. We've seen enough of it. We know these are the two alternatives, and they should be debating on these issues. But no. Getting Newsom there last night debating DeSantis was a big deal. You got to see progressive ideas, how flawed they are, despite a guy who is slick in a debate sense, that being Newsom. All right, I'm uh, very happy. We're going to talk with new city council member Anthony Phillips, who made national news yesterday with Philadelphia banning the so-called ski mask and related items. 
Uh, I have his floor speech here. It's pretty good stuff. Yeah. Uh, he uh, his uh, his uh, mass ban about why he's doing it. New council person getting this through. That's pretty impressive. Having Eyes Sherelle next. Parker on as often as we do, it's very yeah. similar. His floor speech to what we hear from yeah, Sherelle. Yeah, I'll give you a couple. Yeah, nice, yeah, a couple of the headlines. Does it indicate Philadelphia is waking up to this? Big issues. Uh, big guest. Uh, the youngest uh, person on city council, relatively new city council member Anthony Phillips, making national news. Dom Giordano show. With the passage, I believe it was 13 to 2 in the end, of this bill banning so-called ski masks, other names for them, in certain circumstances and locales. Uh, Let's join the councilman here on Talk Radio 1210. Councilman, thank you. Thanks for coming on today. Thanks, Dom. I'm happy to be on with you. Well, um, I read uh, your speech on the floor, and it did address, I guess, some of the testimony yesterday, you said you're the youngest member of this council. I'm also a black man in the country that has too often created negative narratives about black men. I am soberly aware of this reality. In fact, that is why I'm so eager for us to pass this legislation today. How would that take away from that negative uh, feeling about black men? Let me, let me tell you something. What Yesterday, we, we listened to... An individual who graduated from a white individual who graduated from one of the best small liberal arts colleges and a law a law school that is an Ivy League law school um, in our nation, and testified that he was really concerned about the idea of black and brown people uh, being in harm's way when it comes to profiling and so forth uh, with wearing these ski masks. And I sat there and I said to myself, you are sitting here next to a young black man who's wearing a ski mask. But while you're in the chambers of city council, you don't have a ski mask on. So yet, not only that, you're, you're, you, have, you went to one of the best law schools in the nation. And in those spaces, are you wearing ski masks? You know, so the reality of the matter is that what I what I'm trying to say ultimately is that black and brown young people need better guidance. We need our support. We need our love. We need guidance and support. And oftentimes we have people who have gone on to the best schools, have family members that they would never allow their children to wear a ski mask. Often mentoring and supporting this this lawless and, and criminal type of behavior. And they think it's okay, but they would never walk into any corporate space like that nature, of this nature, wearing a ski mask. And so, yes, as a young black man, I recognize that there are some inequities in, in society. Yet at the same time, you know, what we're trying to do with the ski mask bill is actually protect um, young black and brown people uh, from from, you know, being in positions where they can get themselves killed, not by Philadelphia police, but by actually criminals in the city of Philadelphia who, if you're driving down in the car in a, a ski mask with a bunch of your friends, they're thinking something's about to, you know, pop off, and they're kind of targeting you yourself. So, yes, there's a trend that is associated with criminal behavior that doesn't need to exist anymore. Why uh, did uh, your witnesses or your own sense say wearing this uh, type of ski mask, the particular ones that have become fashionable, what's the purpose of it as a fashion statement to protect identity? What do they say? Yeah, so what they're saying is that, you know, those who oppose this, uh, they're saying that, hey, you know, we we are – we're concerned about uh, individuals not being able to express themselves. Um, this is this is something that's how how people dress. And what I'm saying to you is that we believe, you know, Don, you believe in this too. We believe in civil liberty. We believe in freedom. That's what America is all about. However, what we don't believe in is that you can't do things that are going to infringe upon the liberties of other folks. And wearing a ski mask, unfortunately, is a public safety matter. We don't know. The police and federal police department can't tell. You know, they told us they can't tell the average citizen versus someone who's a, a criminal. For hundreds of years, anyone you know wears a ski mask for the most part, uh, at 80 degree of the weather, walking down the street, they're up to no good. It's just it's just that clear. 
And so why, and now we also notice that the federal police department has, has, has said that crime has been on the up, you know, on the up uh, since the pandemic because they can't figure out who, you know, uh, uh, even with cameras, who's committed to crime because these individuals are wearing ski masks all day and it's being like, you know, they're literally walking streets right before they commit the crime. So it's like you can't even get to a point of solving crime because these ski masks are, you know, ski masks are in, in place. So you're hoping too, not only in these limited areas that cut down, but you're hoping, and I'm really interested in this part, uh, council person, yeah. you're hoping that somehow or another the debate is on, and these kids have a better sense. Uh, they're, at, they're outside their bubble versus that white guy attorney, you're right, who lived in a bubble all of his life. <laughs> I don't know how you sat there. This guy comes in telling you and others about what this is all about to him. My God, get a better guy to testify on the other side here. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, you're hoping this spills over into giving some sensibility of what this uh, looks like to a lot of people, particularly you're set on an 80 degree day. Look, I live in Germantown. You might know that. No, and, and I think I have a good sense of things. But if I see five people masked and it's 80 degrees out and all, I'm trying to get out of Dodge. I'm getting to the other side of the street because I think there's enough evidence there that this is not a good situation potentially. Precisely, precisely. And, and what this bill does is by banning it, banning ski masks on pretty much every city public property um, in Philadelphia, such as schools, rec centers, you can't even go to a park. Um, and now most businesses in the city of Philadelphia ban the ski masks. If most individuals know you can't go anywhere with a ski mask, it, it creates a psychological deterrent that, like, you know what, we might as well just not even wear this thing because people were starting to crack down on this. You know, we, you know, there, you know, I actually wanted to find ways to take the ban even further, you know, but trying to convince every member of city council to do that would have been much more difficult. So Yeah, I, I hear work. you, because <laughs> when I talk with my producer, I'm reluctant uh, to, you know, to be infringing here, engaging, but it's so difficult in Philadelphia right now. Now, you've been on a couple of national shows. Uh, I, yeah. I, I appear on the one you were on with uh, Leland Vitter quite a bit. Uh, you talked mm. about lawless behavior in Philadelphia and lack of leadership. I'm very hopeful with the new mayor, who's frequently on the show, and the new police commissioner. We're going to see a turnaround. But what were you uh, trying to suggest when you talked about the lawless behavior, where it's lack of leadership is what I'm talking about? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, what I believe is that this is not a Democrat a Republican issue. This is not about black or white. This is about civility and decency. We can do a better Philadelphia. Um, we also, I also have a confidence in our new mayor and and our new police leadership. And I and I believe that, you know, once we once this law is implemented, we can really make uh, Philadelphia safer and better. Um, and I and I have full confidence in that uh, and and astronomically because. What this does is it provides the Philadelphia Fire with another tool. I, you know, it's unfortunate because we, you're right, Don. We we should not have gotten to this level where this type of lawlessness became a reality. But between the conflict that our, you know, previous you know police department administration had with the district attorney and all that and more, it, things just got out of hand. And you know, we never had to get to this level because it was just common sense. Like, people knew not to wear a ski mask. Now it became a thing like, oh, we can wear a ski mask and go rob a store and then go in schools and no one's going to say nothing about it. And and the next thing you know, you're like, okay, we can wear a ski mask and do something else and something else and something else. And it just became out of control. So you, you, you know. yeah, you mentioned the, uh, the DA, uh, and I, I'm so glad you came on here. You probably know I am uh, an opponent of the overall policies, and you have to work in concert, and this wasn't a shot directly toward him. You're right. I have a better overall sense of what you're trying to do. But the new police commissioner I have a lot of good reports on. Sherelle Parker, just the first time I met her, I have a real good sense, the energy and the things that are going on. But I think the DA is sticking to his view of all this stuff. What's your sense of that? 
Yeah, I, you know, I, I have not reached out to the DA about this particular bill. Uh, you know, I have a uh, you know, Don, you, you, we, without even asking, you could have a, you can have a sense of probably where he was stand. <laughs> so it doesn't, it doesn't take too much to figure that out. Uh, but, you know, my hope is that, you know, we could find a way to work together. You know, having different ideological differences doesn't mean that we can't find a way to collaborate and find a way to make the city safe. However, what he what also his entire office needs to understand is that, you know, this 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 uber progressive understanding like hey oh if we if we if we find ways to just you know you know uh, you know here here's here's my problem with a lot of the arguments i know people and that i work as i work with young people i know young people that you can get one a 20 an hour job you that in in a space that they that they could feel productive and and they'd be safe in and so forth you can give them all the opportunities in the world and they'll still not even take that particular opportunity and so because here's the reality it's just like it's like the bible and jesus jesus did his best to try to save and serve everyone but not everyone you know went that route so as a result there's laws and things in place to make sure that hey you can't do what you want to do we're going to try prevention we're going to try to create the better housing and better schools all those things are important but not everyone's going to drink from that water and so you what do you what do you do you keep saying well let's keep trying let's keep trying with the same the kid is now this kid that you knew that was 16 they're now 30. if they ain't got it together what are they do right you know so these are the things that they don't really consider often and that's which why we've been really soft on crime because also people are really good at manip i've been around the hustlers they not manipulate the situation when they don't want when they feel like you know something's they start making all the excuses in the world and then they got people you know on, on this uber progressive side next thing you know they're sitting in there like Oh yeah, oh yeah, I got, oh, yeah, I, I, I got them, you know, because they were able to manipulate the situation. You <laughs> well, know, so. uh, where, what uh, areas do you represent in the city? Um, Philadelphia's ninth district, Sherrill Park is old district. Ah, <laughs> I didn't know that. that makes sense, well, yeah. the word that she liked the first time she was on, I said we're contiguous, and every time we see her, she brings that up. In that, I'm in Germantown, so that's. Uh, uh, the Northwest. I didn't know that. Well, that's uh, that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's a good spot. Yeah. Well, listen, I I'm hope we uh, I hope we have a chance to meet in person. And again, anytime that you have something you want to talk about, we'd love to hear from you. Thanks, Don. We'll do that. All right. Thanks, uh, right. Councilman. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Well, Councilman Anthony Phillips there, Dan. Whoa. Yeah, give me more Democrats like him, please. I don't know where he came from here. I got to check the background of how that <laughs> developed. It's shocking. Uh, wow. I, I am. Yeah. Woo. That is uh, good stuff. Not, right. not most. That is not something I expect to hear from a sitting Philadelphia Democrat, and it's fantastic exactly. to hear. It, well, it's, it's really Parker's refreshing. Terrell scene. Parker's kind of the same way. Yeah, and you hear what he said bluntly too. You got this white guy coming in who went to Yale or something, <laughs> talking about defending the ski mask. Give me a break. And this guy sitting here with his lived experience. Yeah. How in the world are you cocky like, how can, to try that? How can they, <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. How can you do that? Like, look someone in the face. Oh, because you're used to get like, oh, yeah, I'm going to tell it. you how to do it. Yeah, exactly. All right, give me a reaction to that. We got the side question going on. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours. The energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
Don Giordano Show. Boy, that was uh, really uh, interesting stuff with Councilman Anthony Phillips, new guy on city council. And, Dan, we got quite a reaction to my reaction and your reaction on YouTube. So YouTube.com slash at 12th and WPHT. Go like and subscribe, please. Every first hour of every show, we uh, broadcast Dining with Dom and Dom's Live. And one of the side effects of Dom being live on video is you get to see his live reaction to interviews. And it's been a very interesting day on YouTube. We got comments saying... uh, uh, who is it? Uh, Fred writes, I love Don's expressions of shock as the councilman was talking about progressives. And he's 100% right. In, in the first interview with Brian Fitzpatrick, you see a very pensive Dom. But then in this last interview, both you and I were very surprised mm-hmm. to hear how candid uh, Anthony Phillips was about the situation here in Philadelphia. And as it was breaking live, you can see the Dom reaction video. So go to YouTube.com slash at 12NWPHT. Check out today's Dining with Dom. Go back a little bit during this next break and check out Dom's reaction because we were both genuinely shocked from what we heard. Yeah, because first time around with uh, uh, Councilperson Anthony Phillips, don't want to get him in the middle of just an all-out crash yeah. or thing. You know, I, I, I think people need to be educated a little bit. Talk radio as I see it. Look, we're trying to build relationships over the course of time. We're not just going to be here talking to the choir. It's a broadening uh, kind of thing. And this guy's on to something because even I had some hesitation. You know, is it a privacy? Is it a freedom issue? But a lot of this stuff just sets up an impossible scenario where you're able to walk around the group of five or seven and then pounce whenever you want. You don't have to uh, put a mask on and figure anything out. You just naturally walk into a place. Imagine being a store owner in this situation. I don't want to spoke up your butt or the show's butt, but I, I like to believe that this show can affect change for real. Mm-hmm. And someone like Anthony Phillips, a sitting council member who wants to see the community get better, is somebody that can indeed affect change. 13 so, to 2 vote, too. If you were to line him up, you know, face to face with Kranzer, if you piss the guy off, he has no reason to come back on the show and, you know, help right. us make the city better. And he wants to make the city better. So. Yeah, you got to keep a good relationship at first, you know, and stay that relationship. Well, I'm starting to believe there's going to there is a there are a growing number of people, Sherelle Parker and others, who are going to challenge Krasner. Now, you know, it's not in a punch in the face manner. You know, they have to be political too. They're weeding people toward it. Of uh, what a threat this is. That's the way it works. If you expect just that you punch at Krasner and he topples over, it doesn't work that way. Made the point all this week. Look at the Murphys. They're not going to go away just because you defeat them once with the win. This just cocky, out-of-control Murphy. I'll put seven of them out there now. So do you just go, oh, I thought this was over. I give up. No. It's a daily fight. It's a daily battle for the future of the country. And even something sacred like our vision of the Jersey Shore. The Murphys don't own that. No matter how much money they have. I just want to see this Tammy Murphy... Just once in her life, challenged in a question. Do they think they can ride all the way uh, to victory with no challenge? Can you imagine, Dan, if she's put in a tough spot back and forth? Well, I'll get my husband to take care of this. (laughs) My God. All right. Side question today, too. Get in on that. San Francisco, the opponent this weekend. Something you associate with San Francisco. Uh, Bill in Delaware on Talk Radio 1210. Hey, Bill. Good afternoon. Hey, good afternoon. It's 30 years in the waiting. I I was a longtime listener on WWDB and uh, drive to New York every week and love listening to you. Well, thank you very much. I'm just, it took 30 years. Yeah, all right. right. Why do you take progress. that long to call, Bill? Yeah, there you go. And Sounds why is it this question that's intrigued you so much to actually <laughs> dial in? Well, at, at my age, it gets a little slower. So I figured before I go. I had to take it off my bucket list. All right. Well, check that out. Good. Make it a regular thing. Don't make it a one-time thing. Bucket list. Get get some more buckets. It's raining out. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. All right. What do you have, Bill? Yeah. First uh, is Ghirardelli Chocolates in San Francisco. Yeah. Big fan. uh, Ghirardelli Square or Wharf or what what is it there? Ghirardelli. Yeah. It's right across from the Wharf area. Yes. Yes. That's a good one. So that... So that was definitely uh, my favorite when I was there. And obviously, across the bay at Sausalito for some uh, good shopping. Good stuff, Bill. Thank you. Thanks uh, for uh, what else do you have? Yep. And then I, I've run for city council in the uh, historic town of Newcastle, Delaware. 
And it it just boggles my mind how people pounce on uh, Israel and the West Bank and Gaza, but not once, not once have I heard anybody that was interviewed say, you know what, there's some accountability on Hamas's part. I I just don't get it. At least suggest that it's not all Israel. Sure, without a doubt. Well, Bill, please don't be a stranger. Call us again. Will do. Thank Have you, a Bill. great day and an awesome weekend. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, Same Bill. to you. Uh, Giardelli chocolates. Yeah, that's a big thing. Giardelli Square, I think it is. Ro had to go oh, constantly with the Giardelli. Oh, that's a... <laughs> I'm surprised that's she likes clever. San Francisco because the first thing she asked... Uh, like if we go to the convention this summer, does Chicago have a beach? I said, I don't know about the beach in Chicago. Now that's going too far. Yeah, no. It's always with the beach. When I was in Indiana, they used to go up to something called Indiana Beach, and it was like right. a whole thing. It was, uh, right. yeah, let's go sit at the Great Lake and enjoy. <laughs> I'm like, I, I grew up at the Jersey Shore. I don't want that crap. That's right. We need smashing waves. So Ro wants to go on vacation to see Chicago Beach? No, she'll go to Chicago too. She wants to do that, Ugh. but the beach it's not is, worth it. The beach is always in the back of the mind. It's if you've been to New York, you've been to Philadelphia, you've been to Chicago. I gotta say, it's uh, we'll it's see about that. Well, thanks for that downer. All yeah, right, yeah. Eight five five eight three nine twelve ten. That is that. Um, our buddy Anne Marie Muldoon is coming up now. Toys for Tots apparently needs a little bit of a push. Kind of surprising, but the mail-in ballot heat here in Pennsylvania. We're stoking it. And I just think it's a, a mission. Uh, we're gonna. I'm going to tell you about this group that says they're going to knock on 500,000 Republican doors in the state, is their goal, and get them to turn in a mail-in ballot. When's President Trump going to figure out the way? Somebody's got to counsel him. Just boldly come out and say, we want to win. Do the mail-in ballot. It's so obvious. And this is... Hard work and strategy, we can beat them. All right, big one o'clock hour coming up. Talk Radio 1210. Dom Giordano, weekdays noon till 3. From Talk Radio 1210, WPHD. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.